0: Oh, that familiar theme song tells you that you have uh, strolled right smack dab into the middle of the steam room. I don't know if you meant to, if it happened by accident, whichever, we're happy to have you. You join the loyal steamers who have made this, and I sometimes exaggerate, I say that it's the second most popular podcast in the history of media. I have nothing to back that up with, but I will tell you this. Last week, which was episode 24, and was the first sponsored by Tractor Supply Company, was the most downloaded we've had. Really? Featured Rex Chapman, who was unbelievable. Ernie, I've had at least 10 people walk up to me and say,
1: Rex, you know, because, I, you know, Killer Mike and Van Jones, they on the top of my list. But I've had at least 10 people walk up to me and say... Yo, man, that Rex Chapman
0: interview was crazy. And they loved it. We always begin the steam room with Chuck's favorite phrase. First of all. What's first of all today?
1: I got three things I want to talk about. And, you know, we throw the word around hero a lot. And it's undeserved for a lot of people. But there's two men I want to mention who I had the pleasure of meeting. John Lewis and the Reverend C.T. Vivian. You talk about civil rights pioneers, they're from the beginning, with Dr. King, two of the most amazing men I've ever met in my life. I got a great picture of myself and Congressman Lewis that I hold dear to my heart. It was amazing to spend time with him. And you talk about dignity, honor, respect, I can just say, I want to give my condolences to his family for letting us have a hero for 80 years. And he is a hero. And I got to spend some time when I did my documentary uh, for TNT. I got to spend some time with the Reverend C.T. Vivian. And, you know, I can say the same things about him. Class, dignity, just an amazing person. And the, the world lost two incredible people. And I want to acknowledge them. And I want to say something about Reverend Vivian, who said something to me. He said, Charles, I want you to make sure when you're doing this documentary, you talk about all the white people who sacrificed also. Uh, I said, sir? He says, yeah, a lot of great black men and women did a lot of heavy lifting, but we didn't do it alone. You go back and look at, these mug shops when we visit the Civil Rights Museum. He said, I want you to acknowledge, that's what we talked at. He says, I want you to acknowledge all the black men and women who paid a heavy price for our freedom, but also I want you to, you have to acknowledge there were a lot of white people who were in the marches also, and and, uh, that stuck with me. So I just want to acknowledge those two men and say thank you for a life well lived. And the third person, just a friend of mine. His name is Jim McBride. Uh, he lost his battle uh, with cancer. Uh, he was just a really good friend. I met him in Raleigh, North Carolina, 30 years ago at the Jimmy B Golf Tournament. He was one of my security guys. And he was a big, lovely man. And uh, I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he knew the end was coming. But he's like, "Hey, uh, I've had a great life, and..." I just want to give my best to Big Jim and his family, and may may all three of these men rest in peace. But two heroes, uh, John Lewis and C- Reverend C.T. Vivian, thank you.
0: Um, sorry to hear about your friend, too, Chuck. And, you know, I think back – remember that freezing cold night that uh, – Yes. Uh, – of, of the MLK games a few years ago, and we were at the King Center sitting outside, yeah. and – with Bernice King and with John Lewis, and what a rich time that was when we did that pregame show from out there.
1: It was amazing, uh, and and it sees some of those old pictures, and you see him right beside Dr. King and those guys. You're like, man, he's been in this thing a long time. He talk about the time he he got his uh, skull bashed in, and you know, he had such a dignity. Like he never got mad. He just kept pushing forward. And every time you were around him, you felt like, man, I'm around greatness. Uh, I'm around somebody who's great. And I felt the same thing when I was around Reverend Vivian. But John Lewis, man, uh, you talk about a lip, was a living legend. Same thing with him and Mr. Vivian. And I just wanted to acknowledge those guys because, as I said earlier, a life well lived. And that's what everybody
0: wants well done well said chuckster that uh that gets us going here on the steam room special special guest today oh for sure uh one of the legends in baseball and a guy you uh, would just love to talk to all day long season about to start for joe madden the new manager of the angels and uh, he will join us next on the steam room Welcome you back uh, inside the steam room. Special special guest. Yeah, and when we have a special guest, we always have to remind the special guest, please, as you enter the steam room, you keep the towel on. <laughs> this towel sporting the uh, the Angels logo. Uh, wow, look at that. Do they even say Anaheim anymore when you talk about the Angels? Joe Madden, who's the manager
2: of the Angels? No, you don't. You say Los Angeles or yeah. Angel Stadium. It's almost like when I went to the Rays. I got a quick uh, education on. You never say Tampa. You never say St. Pete separately. It's either Tampa St. Pete or Tampa yeah. Bay. And out here, it's Los Angeles Angels and Angel Stadium. And I'm right. I'm, I'm in. I'm totally in.
0: Very good. It's great to have you. Um, baseball's back, man. You're about to about to crank it up. Uh, as we talk now, uh, it's uh, you know opening night. We'll feature the uh, Nationals and the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Giants and. And then you guys get it going in Oakland. Um, man, this has been a strange
2: spring and summer so far. How have you dealt with it? Um, with Charles and I were just talking. I mean, once, once this all hit, um, you go into seclusion. And for me, it was you know, a lot of exercise and eating properly, getting a lot of sleep. Um, um, and it really, I think there was, there was a moment there where you could really get into your own thoughts a little bit better. Um, There's a lot of analyzation going on. I think we all did the same thing. And uh, for me, it was very helpful in that regard. Uh, you approach the day without preoccupation. I mean, in our business, what we do, there's a lot of preoccupation. Your mind's always working in advance, in advance. But I thought I had a greater ability to slow it down and truly stay right here, right now. And from that perspective, I think I, I gained a little bit. I think I learned a little bit. Um, so that, um, that was kind of, it was different, but it was helpful to me personally. And then for the baseball side of things, um, routine. So our routine's different. Uh, The one thing I emphasize with our guys from day one is it's going to be inconvenient. It's going to be uncomfortable. We have to be flexible. And you have to be nimble through this whole thing. And to expect anything else is a bad expectation. So talked about that from the beginning. So even before you get into baseball, baseball, it was about all these other things that to me had to be lined up for me in order to be the best version of me for my players. And that's, that's, that's how this whole thing started from uh, this baseball season for me personally.
1: With going without spring training and really playing a lot of exhibition games, what's been the thing you focus on the most doing this abbreviated, like we got to play in two
2: right. weeks. Well, what we did was even though we couldn't play against somebody else who played simulated games, um, I'm really proud of our guys, the level th- that they competed at among against one another. That's that's not easy to do, as you know, when you're not facing a different jersey, uh, an arena with people in it. Um, you have to fabricate a lot of this uh, adrenaline for yourself. But we did. And uh, the the again, the le- lesson learned, the way we ran this, uh, the sim game, what we did was as opposed to arguing out time in the morning for, uh, Team fundamentals, we incorporated them into the game. So in the game, the pitcher's already loose and ready. The fielders are loose and ready. They're their game um, speed. So when you incorporate all this stuff actually during a game, you get more reps with it than you would ever do during an actual spring training. Um, and you're doing it in a manner where everybody's hot and and you could stop it and and correct it. So we we're already we've already been talking. How do we do this during a normal spring training? Um so work was done uh we got everything that we needed to get in there um hitters got i think enough at bats pitchers i they're stretched out to the right numbers i mean our stretch our our starters are have the ability to go 90 pitches a minimum of 90 to 100 easily the first time out so everything was done but we learned lessons on i think how to be more even efficient in regards to getting our work done
0: so this is going to be so strange um just in terms of how the game is played and how the season runs and you know you and i have talked before about the different ways a guy has to manage in the course of a season you know there's a regular season then there's after the call-ups and then if you're in the wild card game it's different than when you're in the ds or and now you've got a pitcher who's got to face you know you, you go to the pen to get one of your situational lefties here and he's got to face three guys you know um
2: how is this going to be different as a manager for you? Well, uh, you touched on it there. I mean, first of all, it's playoff time. So you already have to get into that mental mode. Normally in April and May, you give guys opportunities to fail. I mean, if a guy's not getting it done, but you, you got to find out what you have, you let him keep playing and you might throw him a little bit longer, give him more at bats because he needs to get it going right now you don't have that same opportunity, that same window. So you're already, you are in August to start the season. You're not in April, May. So there's a, that different mindset. We would have absolutely signed on to be being in first place on this date. When spring training began, which yeah. we are. So, um, the difference would be less patience from a manager. I think we, meaning pull a pitcher sooner, pitch hit sooner. Um, if a guy is really struggling, go ahead and move it to somebody else for right now and see if you got a hotter hand in there. You just can't be as patient. I think that's the biggest difference right now. A little bit more proactive as a manager. Um, but otherwise, the game's the game. you know, nothing else really changed. I, I still want us to be assertive. I don't want us to ever to be afraid of making mistakes. I think that's the thing that hamstrings a lot of people. When you get to this time of the year, you want to play a different game. I want to play the same game um that we would normally play um in April or May but you just as a manager a little less tolerant because you you just you just you're that close and and you cannot really sacrifice games to find things out. I mean is that cuz there's there's been sentiment out there
0: Joe that hey 60 games isn't enough to determine who the best team in baseball is. I mean you look last year you had you were tied for the second best record in Chicago mm-hmm. after 60 games. Mm-hmm. Wound up not getting in. Washington number 13 in the National League wins the World Series because they were 27 and 33 after 60 games. Uh, so is this a true champion who's going to be crowned at the end of
2: this sprint? Uh, well, first of all, you're right I mean 162 really determines um, who the best team is in that league and 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 then the, the I mean the playoff system is so involved uh, that's why it's so difficult to repeat uh, on an annual basis. I mean wild card game, Five games, best out of five, best out of seven, best out of seven. That's not easy to do uh, year after year. So teams that do that in any sport, I really have a, a strong appreciation for that. So 60 games. In, in a perverse way, I think it's even more impressive um, under the circumstances with all the different um, methods in place, the different protocols in place, the different days that we're faced with the uh, injuries and and how de- uh, uh, devastating they can be because even in the short term, the, exponentially drawn out. It's, it's, it's uh, percentage wise, it's a lot, a large part of your season. And then the threat of being ill uh, of somebody getting ill uh, and then your family getting ill, there's all these different things to carry with you. So you're it's 60 game sprint. Yeah. But there's a, there's a lot going on here. And like you said, different roles, uh, to determine the outcome, whether it's the three relievers facing three guys, whether it's the runner starting on second base in extra innings, um, There's different things to universal DH, universal DH, right. Uh, All these different things to contend with. So in some ways, whoever wins this, put it together really quickly. And then I think we're going to find out, but the group that, that really adheres to protocol. I mean, the, I've asked my guys to be the best version of themselves, the best teammate they've ever been in their life. That's the guy. That's, that's what we need. In order to stay well during this, um, the guy to me that should opt out is not necessarily the guy that may have a pre existing condition, but the guy that doesn't think he could follow protocol. Uh, you get on the road, maybe the first or second road trip, and a guy's having a hard time, um, you know, not just staying in and, and, and uh, mingling with whomever. That's actually the guy that should consider not playing. So, um, weirdly, this might be even more difficult to do than a 162, weirdly. So,
1: uh, Coach, what are y'all going to do about the minor league guys? Because yeah. so this is going to be, they're not getting any run whatsoever.
2: How, how, how did, are y'all going to address that situation? So our players will be at Long Beach State that are not with us. It's it's kind of like a, a minor league group. It's I think it's going to be a group of about 30 kids, 30 players. So, yeah, you're right, man. You're losing a, a whole year of really valuable education for your minor league players, both them getting better and plus your ability to evaluate. Um, so that's hard. I think I'd love to see if we can get this thing under control, a more advanced version of winter ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we get to the end of the year, I'd love to see, uh, uh Renaissance in actual winter ball in Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, Mexico. I know Venezuela is not a good spot for that right now, but I'd love to see players, borderline major league players, players that have gotten there that have something to work on. Go, go play, go play a little adverse situation. And again, with, with health uh, conditions being appropriate. So I don't know this yet, but I would imagine that we're keeping an eye on methods to get these guys involved this fall into spring in order to, to make up for some lost time that they're, they're losing developmentally right now. So what are the rules they can't be placed on a roster at any point this season? Oh yeah, they can. Yes. Yeah. There are, they are our minor leagues. They, they are there to support us because we, you know, you fully, well, there's going to be actual injuries and, Hopefully not, but there may be uh, some COVID cases that, yes, you're going to have to replace. We, we, the bubble that MLB has created, I think, is, has been pretty well thought out. I mean, we have to test every day, but we have to spit every other day. So we, we get actually spit tested every other day in order to really uh, minimize impact if, in fact, somebody does turn up to be positive. Um, again, it's, it's just another layer that we have to deal with uh, on a daily basis, but necessary to make this whole thing work. So to this point, a lot of adjustments, inconvenience, uncomfortable, like I said, flexible, nimble, but our guys have done it. And if we could be, continue to be the best version of ourselves as teammates, we could run this all the way through. Is it safe to say the road life
0: is going to be determining which teams survive this thing the best you know, of of, of your conduct on the road. I mean, I don't know what the rules are, Joe, if I, when I get off your team plane and I go to the hotel now, where can I eat dinner? Or are there, are there rules that are team rules and what's MLB telling you?
2: Well, we're, what we're doing is of course there's protocol. I mean, yes, we're, we're, we're all supposed to avoid going out to a restaurant. Absolutely. Um, even to the point of going to Starbucks in the morning, I don't even know. And that's hopefully that's not a plug for Starbucks, but. (laughs) Um, even, even, um, even to that level, you know, you're trying to sequester now, quite frankly, um, my life has been kind of like that on the road for the last several years. I mean, I get, you know, room service coffee. I bring my Bulletproof with me. I I mix it up in the room in the morning and then I drink my coffee and I do my work. And then we're actually going to do our team meetings, offensive, uh, team meetings, defensive and pitching from the hotel in the morning prior to the first game of a series, which you normally do at the ballpark. We're going to do it there. So we spend less time at the ballpark. And so now all of a sudden the bus is pushed back on the road. You get to go to the ballpark later, minimizing risk there. Um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's actually changed a bit over the years regarding what guys do after games. They really loved their video. I mean, you know, they'll go in their, in their room and a couple of guys will hang out and, and they'll play video games post game as opposed to run to the nearest watering hole. That's not nearly as popular as it had been. So I don't know that the adjustment's going to be as difficult not going out after the game as some people may think. Final point, the thing we brought up, I brought up, is that uh, why not just get a big old suite room in each hotel that we're at so that players could congregate there after the game so they don't have to sit in their little cubicle. It's hard to come down from some games, man. I mean, you you get out there, you're playing some stuff, and uh, you get, wound up to just sit in your room and have it unwind can be difficult. So at least if you could go maybe have a drink, have a beer with your guys in a room or play some video in a big room to just unwind a bit, that might not be a bad idea either.
0: Yeah. So you're telling your guys, look, everybody take the bus. Don't Uber. Don't, you know, cause you know, a lot of times yeah. guys say, no, I'm not, you know, I'm going to go early. I'm going to the yard early. I'm going to yeah. get a cab or I'm going to share a cab with him. So are you right kind of saying
2: uh, none of that? Correct. And, and here's the other thing I'm hoping, we baseball players come to the ballpark way too early on a daily basis. I've been fighting. I did it. I did it. I used to show up at 12, 1230, eventually for a seven o'clock game, your brain starts fading a bit because <laughs> you're, you're in a concrete bunker and all you're doing is hanging out drinking coffee. Don't tell me you have that much work to do. I like the idea that maybe we're retraining guys right now to show up a little bit later, show up and just get your work done. Uh, have a life away from the ballpark, be a human being, when you get to the ballpark, you put the stuff on and go to work. But there's so much—it's uh, nonsense. There's so much eye involved in that that I've been rallying against for years. Um, some people get it, some people don't get it. It doesn't bother me because I know it's—it's it's accurate. I've done both ways. I know how I feel by reporting later than earlier. What we're doing right now, electronically, I could do all my work in the morning. And I do. I got my iPad right here. So tomorrow morning, I'll sit and I'll get the lineup done. I'll look at all the video. I'll get look at all the data. You don't need to be sitting at the Oakland Coliseum in that small manager's office trying to disseminate all this stuff where you get a lot of it done when you get to work, go to work, and don't just go there to drink coffee.
1: You know, it's so funny you said that, Coach. All my baseball friends, and I'm going back to the 80s when I was like, what time do you go in? They're like, oh, we get in around noon. Yeah, I said, what the hell do you do from noon to 7 o'clock, 7.30 at night? They're like, nothing. That's just the way it's always been done.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's the worst reason to do anything, Charles, isn't it? Because it's always been done that way. When somebody tells me that, oh, I do it because it's the way it's always been done, I said, that's the absolute worst reason to do anything. Joe, how do you, how do you handle National Anthem? And is there, how there, are there discussions?
0: Oh, yeah. Individually. Yeah, individually okay i mean so so what's the what's your policy where do you stand on it and i saw that uh, Keenan middleton uh,
2: yeah. took a knee um and so what's the what's the angels stance on kneeling we've had several zoom calls specifically about this with the whole organization and i talked to the guy specifically about black lives matter and uh, the anthem and the, the big thing i really try to impress upon them, um, and this is from my, my perspective, is to find your own truth, what speaks to you. Um, and whatever speaks to you, what's in your heart, that's what you need to do. Um, so when it came to the anthem, to kneel or to stand, what is your truth? Uh, Kenan would not be able to live with himself had he not, no, the other night. Fully supported it. I told him that in advance, in the Zoom call, all of his teammates fully supported him um, in what he wanted to do it's it's pretty simple to me. It really comes down to that. Listening skills are really important right now. Really understanding why people are doing this is really important right now to not be, to not confuse with uh, lack of patriotism or whatever, being more about a specific protest and, and specifically um, racial injustice and, and policing. The word I really try to drive home uh, in these meetings was the word accountability. I think at the end of the day, for me, if I had to my interpretation of Black Lives Matter is the word accountability. What we're looking for is accountability. We want equal accountability in all parts. And we're, we're, I discussed values over politics. That's, that was the crux of the conversation. Uh, a lot of guys chimed in. It was tremendous. A lot of guys um, concluding these meetings were saying it's the best team meeting they've ever had. And not because of me, but because of the substance of it, the fact that it really can bring a group together and you all know this. I mean, very uncomfortable to have a microphone put before you if you really don't know what you think and what you want to say. And yes. so I thought it was very important for us to get in front of it and for those that were uncertain, either what to say or what they thought, uh, to have an open discussion to, to create the thought and give you direction and give you something to look into. And um, we had Ken Sh- uh, Shropshire on the other day also, uh, educator, Wharton School of Business, uh, Columbia School. Of law and also Stanford and and Ken was also part of our discussion the other night to to add historic uh, background of African Americans in our country and goes all the way back to the Civil War and and what that was all about. So we try to educate as much as we possibly can to help you make an informed decision in regards to what you want to do. I'm not going to stand here and tell you what to do, brother. It's about what you want to do and what what have what speaks to your truth. That's that was the crux of the uh, conversation.
1: You know, uh, I hate to ask you this question because it's going to come up. As an older gentleman. Yes. 66 is the new
2: 46. I guess. <laughs> okay.
1: You know, uh, we, we, had, we had Coach Popovich on the other night talking about the COVID virus. And he says, yeah, I, I don't want to die. I'm, I'm concerned right. about this as an older guy. What, not special, but what serious precautions are you taking to protect yourself?
2: Like you were just, we were talking before we started, Charles. I thought it was really important that I got in the best shape I possibly can. So, gosh, for those months, uh, I went like um, like almost 90 out of 100 days riding that bicycle. And I mean riding it hard. And so I started with that, started with, and then I went to diet and and rest. I thought, uh, build up your immune system. Beyond that, uh, mega doses of vitamins A, D, and, and also zinc. And, and, and again, just what I ate and what I'm putting in my body, I really try to be very um, aware uh, of that. So again, it's about preparation. I, I, that's, that's the route I've taken. Um, I've tried to be the best version of me uh, health wise, physically. And then, and then after that, I trust, I trust that everybody's going to not breach. I trust everybody's going to follow the protocol. I trust uh, the, the protocol in place is wise and that our, our medical team is, is, is as good as I think they are. So there's a certain amount of preparation and then a large amount of trust, I think going into this. And that's, that's exactly how I've approached it.
0: Hey, when the Chuckster talked to your team in March before all this stuff happened, what was the greatest takeaway, if if any, uh, from that appearance?
2: He was, uh, he was, uh, know, definitely um, passionate and forthright in what he, what he had to say. And, uh, Really telling, pretty much, Charles. You were telling them to to find their own truth, man, and and get out there and play it hard every day. And uh, it was a very simple, direct message. But when it comes from a player of Charles' stature, um, believe me, man, it was quite a buzz around the ballpark that day, and it, it lasted a couple of days after that. Truly, um, I was so. Uh, grateful and pleased that you were able to come out like that. And you're always welcome, man. So when you come out there, guys like yourself, whatever the message you might want to get, and it's all about, you know, the, the work ethic involved and, and, and being a great teammate and all the different things that we're as managers trying to get across. A guy like Charles comes out there and he points it out, man, boom, exclamation point. It becomes a lot easier for us to get our messaging across. And on top of that, the golf swing had improved. Yeah, that's Yeah, true. We, we dropped the ball there, and he got it's right true. up to it and smacked yeah. it. it. Was um, <laughs> so beyond a great messaging. It was straight. Uh, I was actually pretty. You didn't win it, did you? You were pretty close. Yeah, uh, I came close to winning it. Yep. Yeah, you did. You're winning what?
1: Oh, they have a, they, they have a chip off in practice oh. every day, Ernie. Oh,
0: okay, okay, oh, closest to the
1: pit. Hey, coach, Keith it loose. But you know, Ernie, the, the number one thing I tell these guys. Even when I, anytime I talk to any pro team or college team, I said, man, we got this is the greatest job in the world.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: That's right. I mean, to be a professional player on any level. Ain't nothing better than that, Ernie. I mean, I was so blessed to play in the NBA for a long time. But if you get to play in the pros, it is the greatest job in the world. And, you know, he got some great leaders, obviously, Abba Pujols uh, and, and Mike Trout. Anthony Rendon
2: is he hurt? yeah, Ren, uh, Anthony's hurting right now, but he's not awful. He should be back relatively soon. Yes. So he got some great
1: leaders, and and yeah. you know, Coach, Coach Tony La Russa was out there, yeah. who I've mm-hmm. known for a long time. So I, I was, it was an honor for him to ask me to speak, and I had a great time,
0: Ernie, a great time. Yeah. Well, hey, Joe, it's always yes, it's always fun visiting with you, and I. It's it's gonna be different this year when we do games on the weekend that we're we're not there. We're like we're working out of the Atlanta right. studio calling games. So those manager meetings, Chuckster, when you go into Joe Madden's <laughs> office, it is like a museum. The coolest <laughs> stuff of all time. And it all has it all has meaning to Joe, or it has, you know, like baseball philosophy and that kind of thing. Are you still selling stuff at at uh respect ninety, Joe? Yeah.
2: Yeah, we we're, we're, we come up with, I mean, this the shirt I'm wearing right now is the latest one. Um, feel the gift of experience. Ah, You know, I, you know, too many times we're getting caught up in numbers right now and everything's about analytics and metrics and numbers and uh, you're forgetting the heartbeat. And I was actually for Nick Nurse, I was doing a little blurb on the back of his new book and I was describing Nick. And, uh, I got to the last point point. I'm just, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit and I'm looking, I'm reading the book and I'm all understanding him. And, uh, man, the guy's got a ton of experience. When you talk to Nick, Nick is, he's a coach, man. He's pounded the minor leagues. He's been on buses. He's been in obscure spots and that's where you develop. And I thought to myself, guy's got great feel, but you can't develop feel without experience there. You cannot, they, they they're, they're. Mutually exclusive, if you, if you don't get the, the, those days in Midland or Peoria or Idaho Falls or Salem on or the backfields of Mesa, Arizona, that's where you develop feel. So when it comes down to it, when the game begins, man, I do all my work. I got all my numbers. I got numbers dripping all over the place. But <laughs> in the moment when reality and theory don't want to match up, that's where, where feel takes over. And so I'm so grateful that I did not become a major league manager until I was 51, I think. And because of that, you have this ability to to create this cachet of learning and experience to draw on. So feel being the gift of experience, writing something for Nick or about Nick made me think that thought. And I think it's absolutely true. And I got that uh, working right now with Respect 90.
1: And I agree with you. I think Coach Nurse is one of the most underrated coaches in the NBA. Uh, what he did last year and this year before we had the pandemic, uh, he's doing a hell of a job. He, he, really, he really learned along the way. He's a hell of a coach.
2: He's a real guy, man. It's like when you talk to Nick, it's, it's all about real. And he came to see me in Chicago a couple of years ago. That's where I got to know him. He wanted to come visit, just talk about things. Came in, sat in the office, and we just talked. And as I spoke with him, I thought I was looking in the mirror because his experiences getting there were very similar to mine. It's, uh, it was not a, a, a glorious or glamorous road, but it was, the, it was the one that I think most everybody should take. Um, uh, the idea of, of really earning the right to sit in this chair um, is very important to me. You know, Joe, one thing before you split. This
0: piped-in noise yeah. And the crowd sounds and that kind of thing. Uh, are, are, you, are you a fan? Is it, is it weird? Apparently, you know, the, the people up there have this big board, you know, that yeah. they use on video games with basically every emotion that you can possibly have in a game. And they're trying to recreate it.
2: No, I actually think it's, a, it's good. And I, I, personally, I'm giving my perspective. When it's, the noise is on, your, your, your focus concentration goes out to the field. I think if it's deadly quiet, then it's it's going to be harder to just stay out here because we're so used to this enveloping um, feeling. I thought the other day we played the Dodgers, and like sometimes you hear like a whistle coming out from left center field. I mean, because <laughs> yeah. they have such that that great sound system that comes in from center. So the right. groups with the really good sound systems could get creative. But I I think it help it does help. But the point I really don't think is being made enough is that people are watching. They might not be right there. But there's a lot of folks who are going to be watching. So, when it comes down to that adrenaline flow, uh, you know, we're not we're not aware of being on TV all the time. You're just not aware. You're just playing the game, and cameras are there, but you're you're really not um, you're not focused on that at all. But even for a moment, I like them to be focused on the fact that even there's nobody sitting here, but there's a lot of eyeballs on us, and that should serve as motivation. I have to believe that is a motivating factor. It's different, I'm not denying it. It is different. I believe we're going to come out of this shoot, and everybody's going to be kind of excited. There might be a lull uh, as we go on without this. I'm not sure, but I think once you get established in a playoff hunt, that you'll find your own energy somehow. So there could be different phases of this. But realize, people are watching all the time, man, and maybe even more closely than ever. You know, it reminded me. This will take you back.
0: Remember, Mash? Uh- yeah. Chuckster, this is for the old guys in the room, the six, the 66-year-old Joe and the soon-to-be-64 me. And and there was a, a particular episode of MASH where they were trying to recreate a baseball game uh, and had four guys gathered around a mic, you know, one making the sound of the ball into the mitt and somebody else, would, you know, and... And I said, it's kind of like that up there in the press box these days. They're trying to, a ball falls in just out of somebody's reach. Oh, you know, they're trying to find the right, they're trying to find the right uh, sound effect. It's going to be interesting to see how that all plays but out. But I think it's
2: okay. And I, I actually think they may do like the gladiator thing on TV and, and superimpose like fans in the stands. Is that a possibility? So like people watching on TV may actually see uh, kind of a normal picture or background.
0: Hey, uh, we, we have, no idea what they're gonna do anything's possible in
2: this in this business yeah i mean
0: gladiator it, 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 it worked for me there right you're right you're exactly right joe madden thank you so much for taking a bunch of time with us today on the steam room we appreciate it we wish you the best in this baseball season which begins for you on friday night in uh, in oakland and uh just remember the old baseball adage it's
2: it's not a marathon it's a sprint <laughs> <laughs> I, I i mean it sincerely thank you for asking me on you guys are the best glad to have you i i mean it i i would not have just done this because I've, I've been like running around like crazy but what you did for me charles with us and, and ernie our conversations always i've always i always look forward to them i
0: appreciate you
2: Any time, coach
0: Welcome back to the steam room. It's presented proudly by Tractor Supply Company. Yeah. Hey, listen. I told you I could do my Kenny
1: impersonation. Say, "Hey, when am I getting a tractor?"
0: <laughs> hey, when am I getting some tractor supplies? Yeah, I, I know, but you know, Kenny. Oh, uh, yes. He, he wants a whole tractor. I can't really see Kenny driving a tractor. You know, but Kenny loves. Kenny wants free. I know. Even if yeah. it's something he can't really <laughs> navigate. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, look who's here. Tim Kylie is here. Tim Kylie, the the legendary coordinating producer of Inside the NBA, the guy, the brains behind the operation. Oh, now you went too far. No, I've never, <laughs> never. You went way too far. First of all, you already went too far. On cannot go too far in describing Tim Kylie.
1: Legendary and brains of the operation.
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh. all of those
3: things. Ernie, right, I got some breaking news. But first, I do have a comment, and I want to compliment you on your always classy restraint. Hey, Chuck, a baseball coach is not a coach. He's a manager, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> it's manager Joe Madden. or
0: or you, yeah, if you if you're gonna say hey, well Skipper, hey, have a good season.
1: You, you know, well, hey, let me ask you a question. Why is that anyway? Because he's a manager. Yeah. Well, why why the basketball coach not a manager? He a manager too. Don't ask me why. Do, why do baseball managers wear uniforms and nobody else yeah, does? That, that's another great point. These are questions we'll never know the answer to. I will say this, though, TK, if the manager was in the dugout in a suit, he would probably look like an idiot.
3: Yeah, well, yeah. you know.
1: Just like a basketball coach wearing a uniform would look like an idiot also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, couldn't you see Pop wearing a Spurs uniform? <laughs> no question. It would be beautiful. Wouldn't that would be great?
3: That would be no. awesome. So, Chuck, it's no longer the Washington Redskins. It is the Washington football team. That's their new name. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Came out this year, the Washington football team. They're going to get rid of the logo and put numbers on the helmet and call themselves the Washington football team and then come up with a new name next year.
1: Well, what they mean is they don't have time to get all that merchandise done (laughs) and they can't make money on it. So let's just go with Washington for right now. And there's a new hockey
3: team, Chuck. I heard. The Seattle Kraken.
1: I thought it was the Seattle hockey team. It's a, it's a new expansion team, Ernie. I know. Well, call it the hockey team. I am just so glad to have sports back in Seattle. Seattle was one of my favorite cities in the United States. They got amazing fans there. The NBA should have never left there. And I'm glad they finally getting, getting another franchise back there.
0: I think they should have been like the fish throwers or the fish yes. tossers from that, from that Pike's – place market over there have you seen him throwing those fish around seattle chuckster oh i have what's a kraken
3: mystical ocean beast chuck are you big on singular names like kraken or jazz or
1: i don't believe in mythical
0: creatures so i'm
1: not feeling that
3: name
0: <laughs> oh, now you don't believe in mythical creatures <laughs> how do you spell kraken like it sounds k-r-a-k-e-n i think Woo, chuck Chuck's been studying. It's Kraken with a K. Yes.
3: Yeah. Okay. Release the Kraken, Ernie. Was the was some old movie that they had the monster in.
0: Release the Washington football team.
3: Yes. The last. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing. The word is Chuck. Fifty-four-year-old Mike Tyson is going to fight fifty-one-year-old Roy Jones Jr. in an eight-round exhibition.
1: It'll never get never get to eight rounds. You know, it's sad. Two of the greats going to do that. I mean, nobody want to see me go out there and dominate Bill Russell right now. <laughs> I'll give it to Big Bill right now. <laughs> I mean, come on. Nobody want to see that.
3: Who you got in it, Chuck? Will you watch it? Of course he will.
1: No, I won't. Oh, yes, you will. It's Uh, sports. Guarantee, Ernie, Ernie, I guarantee you, I
0: will not run. There will be limited ringside seats, and you'll have one of them. Let me tell you something. If they gave me free tickets, I wouldn't take them. Oh, baloney. You're as big a boxing guy as you are.
1: I want to see boxers. I told you, one of the highlights of my Tahoe trip was meeting uh, Canelo Alvarez. Uh, him, Him and the actor Michael Pena, they made my whole trip. Because Canelo is the best in the world right now. In my Pena he's just a great actor. And they were awesome to be around. But I I want to see Canelo fight. I don't want to see two old geezers.
0: Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, huh?
3: Do you know Ernie? Jones was is the only guy. He has five titles in yeah. five different ways. He started as middleweight and he ended as a heavyweight.
1: Yeah. He beat John, I think John Ruiz. Yeah. Can you imagine the commercials they're going to be running doing that, Geritol? They're going to be running Geritol commercials. (laughs) The pins. Come on, man. Listen, I love Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, but I don't (laughs) want to see them fight. I don't want to see that.
3: Well, with that, I will leave you. I know, Ernie, you've got to get to the phones and uh, find out who left messages for what. Hopefully a couple of steamers from Australia have done that again.
1: Yeah, that would be great. Uh, Thanks for joining the show, legendary Brains of the Operation. Brought to you by
0: Tractor Supply Company. This segment (laughs) of the Steam Room presented by Tractor Supply Company and featuring Tim Kiley uh, was presented again by Tractor Supply Company. We'll be back with more of the Steam Room, the world's most second... Oh, I screwed that up. Sorry. The world's second most popular podcast, right after this. We're back inside the steam room. Commit this number to memory, please. (laughs) 404-987-0330. 404-987-0330. 404-987-0330. I tell you to commit that number to memory and because that's the number for Chuck's answering machine. I can't wait to hear from uh, some loyal steamers. How about you, man? Yes, sir. Let's go. You've reached Charles Barkley.
1: Leave a message, America. Love the podcast, gentlemen.
2: Charles, we're watching you on the arena on TNT, And it's been great to see you and Draymond get along. My question for you is, is that real? You guys really get along behind the scenes or is this just for TV? Thank you.
1: Well, first of all, it's been awesome. I want to give a special shout out to TNT for giving us a forum to talk about social issues uh, every day this week. So thank you all to all the bosses. Feel free to give me a raise whenever you want to. No, me and Draymond have gotten along really, really well. First of all, me and Draymond, I like him as a player. He's annoying at times. I'm pretty sure I'm annoying at times when I play, but he's a heck of a player, and we get along great. We've had a lot of fun nights with me, him, and D Wade and Kerry Champion. Um, he's a tequila guy, like Chuck is a tequila guy, so we've had a, <laughs> so we've had a lot of we've we've actually had a lot of fun away from the show.
0: It's been fun to watch. Yeah, I love Kareem the other night, man. I mean, oh, been, that was unbelievable. unbelievable. First day killer, Mike. Yeah. You know, there have been some great features in there. And I think it's, yeah, it's been, you know, and the conversation has been great. Welcome to Carrie Champion to the Turner family.
2: Hey guys, it's Chelsea. Boyle Steamer here. My question for both of you, what is something you're really good at that might surprise people?
0: I am an, ex- an exquisite pancake maker. In fact, I was just doing that for uh, two of the grandkids this morning. Specialties are the uh, Mickey Mouse pancakes. Also, I'm very good at snowmen and caterpillars, and I make the world's smallest pancake as well. And these are always popular with the, with the uh, with the grandkids. So I've always done that. So yeah, pancake pancake making. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that I'm really good at it.
1: Well, number one. Thanks for the pancakes. Oh, you never gave me any. Um, (laughs) Because I love me some pancakes. You can never mess up pancakes. You know, I don't know if I'm really, other than uh, basketball and cleaning.
0: (laughs) Basketball and cleaning. I'm very good at cleaning, too. I am. I am.
1: Well, I think most people know I'm a clean fanatic. I, I think it's really important to keep whatever you have clean. And... I will admit, I'm a fool for vacuum cleaners and cleaning supplies. Every time there's a new vacuum cleaner out, I got to have it. And they love me. When I'm at the store, I'm going up and down the cleaning aisle looking for something new better. I always have done that and I always will do that. I'm in love right now with this micro band stuff and I can't find it. But it's a new cleaning product. I have been all over creation. I got it. In the beginning. Micro micro band. Okay. It's a cleaning product. This got a uh, and I love it and I just can't find it. So I'm really pissed about that. That's my new hot thing, micro band cleaning.
0: Cheryl Ann uh, recently got one of these um, floor steamer things that has a yes. little that has a little uh, disc in there that that scents it and um, cleaning the kitchen floor. And the tile in there with this bad boy, I'm telling you, Chuckster, has like three settings on there for as much steam as you want. Makes the makes the place smell good. I'll have to, I'll have to figure out what that is. to have to talk to Cheryl Ann about
1: that one. Like, you can never get floors clean enough when they're wood or yeah. tile. I love that.
0: Give us another call. Hey, Charles. Uh, we all know
2: you're not a big Internet guy, but I was wondering if you've seen this new trend of cakes that don't look like cakes i can't stop watching these videos and would
0: love to get your take on it this is really weird what is that that's a that's a cake look at this is that it, a cake a real, yeah, a real see, cake? It, it, look, it looks like one of those um crocs and and this looks like a roll of toilet paper but it's actually oh my goodness a cake look at that that's some creative cake making that is some creative
1: cake making right there. Oh my This God, looks like a, a
0: potted plant, but is it a potted plant? No, it's a cake. This looks like a bar of soap. Even has suds on it. That's one what? of the most. Um, that's some of the
1: most amazing things I've seen in my life. Right there. Look. No at way.
0: This. Yeah, that that looks like a you know a. What does it look like? Um, a bottle of lotion. Yeah, big old bottle of lotion and. Wow! No, I'm
1: sorry. You don't. This is. Oh no! way. man. It's some talented people. Oh, look at that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it's a cake. Man, it's some talented people in the world. I had never seen anything. I uh, heard about that because you know I don't do any social media.
0: Hey, I gotta. I gotta share something with you. I got a a direct message, um, this week. And this guy says, I'm a, a police officer in Ireland. I have little interest in the NBA, but your podcast with Mr. Barkley lets me forget about things after a difficult day. God bless. And thank you. Wow. Isn't that great? I love that action, man. That is amazing. And you Ernie, know, that's the one weird thing about,
1: I mean, somebody in Ireland, listen, I mean, we know we got people in Australia, But that's, like, when we first started this podcast, I was like, I actually, to be honest with you, Ernie, I've actually never listened to a podcast in my life. Yeah. I mean, never. And now I'm really enjoying this. For him to take the time to reach out to you, man, that was really special.
0: Yeah. Hey, I'm going to get you to hold on for two seconds. We're not done yet. I'm gonna to get to the bottom of this. My- Cheryl won't answer my texts from down here. Hold on a second. She won't take your texts or calls, trust me. I
1: feel the same way she does. Every time I see your name pop up, I go de- de- delete, decline. And she's probably doing the same thing. She's probably sitting there looking right at the phone and she's, it says, Ernie. Or she probably got you under some name like Honey. Or like, whew, I'm just throwing up my mouth a little bit, her calling you Honey.
0: Uh, I like the way he just leaves. <laughs> Got good news for you man. You're going to be on the internet here in no time looking for this. It's the Bissell PowerFresh. Bissell PowerFresh. PowerFresh. Okay. You love it, man. You'll love it. Anyway, sorry for doing that. Sorry for interrupting the flow of the stream. That's okay.
1: Room. I, I hope they put on. I hope they put everything I just said about you uh, on.
0: What did you just?
1: Uh. What?
0: Yeah. All right. I was just trying to help. Uh, <laughs> just trying to help you out.
1: Come on, Cap. You got to put on everything I just said about Ernie, <laughs> please, man. <laughs>
0: All right, that's it for today's uh, edition of The Steam Room. We really appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, Again, loyal steamers, spread the word. And, uh, And thanks again to the folks at Tractor Supply Company for sponsoring The Steam Room. See you next week.